Hi everyone, welcome to Name Drop San Diego. I'm Christy Totten. Name Drop is a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune that highlights amazing people in our region. Anthony Preto is my guest this week. Anthony is the grandson of Monty Kobe, who founded Kobe's Swap Meet 45 years ago. Of course, Kobe's is the 40-acre flea market at the Sports Arena site every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Anthony oversees advertising and operations for Kobe's, and along with his family, he's really helped to make the business what it is today. In this interview, we talk about the coolest things he's ever found at the Swap Meet, We talk about how big box stores really shaped the bargain shopping business. And we also talk about his hopes for the sports arena site, which of course is soon to be redeveloped. Here's our interview. Cool. Well, Anthony, thanks so much for joining me on Name Drop. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come on. It's really a pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more about Kobe's. So I know it's a family business. I know it was created or founded by your grandfather, but like, can you give me sort of more of the history? I know you guys have a story. Sure thing. So uh, we started at the Midway Drive-In, which is currently where the Sioux Plantation or the former Sioux Plantation sits um, in a large shopping center where there's currently a grocery outlet. And so kind of backing up a little bit, my grandfather learned the business in Phoenix, Arizona um, from his father-in-law. Um, that side of the family actually owned all the dog racing tracks, the Greyhound dog racing tracks in Phoenix. Oh, wow. And that was the Funk family. And so my grandfather, Monty Kobe, learned the swap me business from him. And in 1975, uh, he got an opportunity to move to San Diego and take over this little drive-in swap meet at the former Midway Drive-In movie theater. Um, and so he ran it there at the Midway Drive-In from 1976 to about August of 1979. And it was a very small business. And he would always tell his friends and family that the swap meet will never be a full-time career. I'll I'll always have to supplement my income with something else. Well, little did he know, (laughs) it really blew up. Um, And so in August of 1980, we moved to our current site, which is the San Diego Sports Arena or Pachanga Arena, as we know it. Um, And we've been there ever since. So we just hit over 40 years or we're entering into our 40th first year there. Um, so we are the longest continuous uh, tenant of the sports arena, whether it be indoors or outdoors. Um, and we've had some trials and tribulations throughout the years, whether it be COVID or the tech boom of the 2000s, uh, big box stores. Um, and we've kind of always figured out a way to adapt our business so that we can kind of, I wouldn't say stay ahead of the curve, but yet adjust our business so that we can always be a, a great shopping and selling establishment for San Diegans. Very cool. We guys definitely have a good reputation. You know, when I first moved here, somebody told me about it early on, like, oh, this is a really fun thing to do. So uh, as I was looking at the website, there's that picture of you and the picture of your grandfather. You guys have like an uncanny resemblance. You must get that all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So my grandfather, (laughs) uh, back in the day, he was a radio salesman. And so he always had a a kind of a persona and a kind of an aura about him that he whenever he walked into the room, he'd be like, oh, my God, that's Monty Kobe. Um, and he was always, he was the face of our business um, in the 1980s um, before he passed. Um, he would always um, kind of broadcast him himself and his face, his voice out there. Um, and it was something that hadn't been done for any type of business in San Diego. Um, unlike today where you have Jerome's Furniture, you've got uh, ASI Heating and Solar, all these very recognizable faces and figures in San Diego. But back in the 70s and 80s, people were, the businesses weren't doing that. And so my grandfather was kind of a pioneer of kind of recognizing that it was him and King Stallman, Bill Bonds at the times, 
We're like, you know what? I'm going to plaster my face all over San Diego so that you can recognize Kobe's with a kind of a, a persona or a figure. Yeah, I love that. I love those recognizable local figures. Like from childhood, they just, you, they stick in your mind. You never exactly. forget them. <laughs> so yeah, after high school, my parents were like, you know what, let's bring back that campaign where um, it was my grandfather pointing out uh, to the crowd. And then they're like, you know what, Anthony, you should do the same thing. So I was like, you know what, that should be fun. So yeah, we, we, <laughs> we did do that campaign and it was kind of cool. Yeah, you look just like him. Um, well, talk to me about the business over the years. So you mentioned the ups and downs. Obviously, COVID has been so tough for everybody. But, you know, you mentioned tech. Like, how did that affect business? And just, you know, swap meets over time. Uh, mm -hmm. Have they maintained popularity or, or what's been the So the, the, the flea market business is kind of the original uh, business for commerce, um, an, open, an open marketplace. And so originally when Kobe's was founded, it was primarily all new merchandise. So just like a shopping center or like a Fashion Valley or a UTC. But over the years, the business has kind of changed, whether from new merchandise to more used merchandise. Um, and me personally, I, I find that the used merchandise is a more intriguing thing because you can always find a new pair of socks or a new clothes, new, new clothing um, or new hats. But at the same time, when you come out to a swap meet, you never know what you're going to find, whether it be in somebody's old um, used uh, vintage clothing to somebody's relics from their from their family history, whether it be furniture um, or antiques and collectibles. And so our business has kind of evolved over the years. In the 1980s, I would say we were more than 80% new in retail goods. Um, over Probably over 500 of our booths were all retail goods. Um, and at that time, there wasn't um, a big focus on special events for shopping in San Diego, like there is today where you've got all these different street fairs and different retail shopping experiences that take place. Um, but in the early 2000s, um, I would say right, right around when eBay came, came online, that really had a, a detrimental hit to our business because now people could just sit at home and list their items and just kick back and wait for their item to sell at auction. Um, and so eBay really affected our business. Um, at that same time, I think Targets and Walmarts were still starting to gain popularity, especially here in the city of San Diego. Luckily, at that time, the city of San Diego did not allow any um, big, true big box stores to exist. Um, but, but eventually, like a Target went in across the street from Kobe's. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would really hit those retailers that were selling kind of your bargain merchandise, whether it was the socks or the toilet paper um, and those goods that you would kind of I'm out to a swap meeting, get a bargain for. Um, so we had to find ways that we could differentiate ourselves from these billion dollar industries. Um, and so recently we've, we've kind of tapped into special events um, in the last, I would say five years. And, and that's been a way to kind of uh, differentiate ourselves. It's not just about uh, shopping, it's about a total experience. When you go to Target, you're not getting experience. You're going in there to buy what you need. But now when you come out to Kobe's, it's about the good food, good music, and really specialty vendors that you, can, you can't find anywhere else. And so in 2019, we started hosting sneaker and vintage clothing events. And those have really catapulted our popularity and our success in the last two years. Um, and it's kind of resulted in us um, seeing a, about a 25% increase in our business um, from 2019 to 2021. Um, it, it, it's been a tremendous success. And, and a lot of that has to do with social media as well. Most people wouldn't think that a swap meet would be so heavily based off of social media, but we are. 
Yeah, that's so cool. Like what an awesome survival story and one just about, you know, evolving and staying relevant. Well, I totally agree with you that, um, you know, sort of vintage finds, unexpected old things, you know, are like my favorite things to find at the swap meet. But I mean, doing this as long as you've been doing it growing up at the swap meet, like what are some of the coolest things you've ever found? I bet you have great stories. Yeah, no. So when I first uh, got together with my wife, I've been married for six years. We uh, outfitted our whole apartment from goods from the swap meet. So our furniture, um, our our TV stand, um, awesome kind of reused antique furniture that we then took home, repainted, resanded, um, and we kind of did that whole thing. But over the years, I mean, I have countless collectibles, whether it be uh, Beanie Babies, which were a huge hit, <laughs> yeah. um, to the Pokemon cards when, I mean, I was being raised, I'm 34 now, so the Pokemon cards were super popular at the time, Yeah. Um, to the latest and greatest trends. So like nowadays, so many people are into the poppets um, and, and kind of stress reliever things. But I would say, uh, kind of like you mentioned, Christy, is like the, the unknown find is, is the is the best thing. Something that you're unexpectedly looking for. Um, this year, I would say um, my best find was I was walking down the aisleway and one of our sellers hit a storage unit. He buys lean sale storage units, just like the TV show Storage Wars. Um, and he hit a commercial unit that was all commercial Christmas decorations. Oh, wow. And I bought two eight foot tall nutcrackers. What? That's for crazy. Eight, for a hundred dollars. And wow. these were probably thousand dollar pieces. Um, and so they were outside of our front door here at our house and I have identical twins and they got a total kick <laughs> out of it when I brought them home. That's incredible. That's like the best find I've ever even heard of. Yeah, no, so, so it's really cool. I mean, it, it literally, it is anything and everything. So, yeah. Um, I used to go to a swap meet in Las Vegas called Broad Acres, and yes. there was one, you know, about it. Yeah. And yes. so, um, there was one vendor that had like a DIY taxidermy chihuahua. It was not good taxidermy. It was pretty weird <laughs> and creepy to be honest, but it was just like a fixture at the swap meet. It wasn't even for sale. The person was just proud of it and like wanted to show it in <laughs> yep. his booth. So like, it's like stuff like that. That's just like funny, weird, you know, unexpected. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you about haggling, you know, I know it's sort of encouraged yeah. and obviously allowed, but I I'm one of those people. I'm always like a little hesitant to do it. So like, what are your tips? What's the, what's the right way to to go about it so just like you said i'm not really one that's big on haggling i, I especially since my family owns the business i want to give <laughs> the seller the most amount of value but i would say that we are a flea market and we are a swap meet um there are kind of boundaries that that shoppers should be aware of when they're walking in the swap meet for example if you're looking for new merchandise you're typically not going to be able to haggle with those vendors because their margins are so small but if you were looking for let's see an old piece of furniture or an antique um, and a seller has a price tag of a hundred dollars, for example, on it, there, there is, there is no shame in your game for offering a price. Um, and it's okay because it is a swap meet. It's not like Nordstrom's where there is a fixed price tag on every item at the swap meet plus cash is king. Um, and we always say that to our shoppers is if you've got cash, our sellers, they are more likely to one, lower the price and discount their merchandise but they, they want to supplement their income. So they're out here to sell merchandise. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of another thing we tell our sellers is you can't sit back and wait for the money to come to you. You need to be active and interact with the shoppers. Um, the days of where everybody had items that people wanted are gone. You, 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 you kind of have to be your own type of salesman and sell your merchandise and have that conversation. Welcome the customers into your booth. Um, but I would say, hey, don't hesitate. It is a swap meet. 
Um, <laughs> we, we do, we do encourage it w w within reason. I mean, if an item is listed for a hundred dollars, I wouldn't recommend offering $5. Um, <laughs> but if let, let's say 60, 70, $80 and you can find a happy ground. Okay. Really cool. That's a good tip. I, I'm going to, you know, try to be brave enough next time to actually try it out. Um, okay. Well, I want to switch over to a lightning round, just asking some questions to get to know you better. Uh, and my first one is, you know, what are your hobbies when you're not doing swap meet stuff? What are you doing? So um, I, like I mentioned, I I'm married and I have identical twin girls that are four years old. So I would say fulfilling my time with them is, is probably takes up the small amount of free time that I do have. So. Gotcha. And you used to play football. Is that right? Yes, I did. So I went to Francis Parker um, K through 12. I was a lifer there. And so I played football, uh, varsity football, all four years of high school. Very awesome. Uh, okay. And so you were born and raised here. Yes. Uh, what are your favorite San Diego spots? Um, aside from Kobe Swap Meat, I would say Little Italy. Um, Barbusa is one of my favorite restaurants. We're, we're, we're very close friends with the Busalaki family. Um, the gas lamp quarter is so amazing seeing how that has really evolved over the years. Um, and, and I think that kind of segues into kind of what, what has yet to, uh, come from the Sportuna property. The Sportuna property is in, is in midst of transition. And so I, I'm really one, a big on, I wouldn't say change, but evolution. Um, and things do evolve and we're, we are a city of constant evolution. I mean, I think that is so awesome about San Diego. There are a lot of people that have been, that are born and raised here, but yet there are a lot of people that are essentially trans transplants. Um, and so Sandy, that, that, I think that's what makes San Diego so cool is there are so many interesting, cool in, um, people, businesses um, from all walks of life. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, you mentioned you're 34, you know, still young, but I mean, like in your time here, what have been the biggest changes? Um, I would say uh, losing the Chargers. Um, <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, uh, I was a big, uh, I played football. And so I was a huge sports fan, Padre, raised diehard Padres fan, diehard Chargers fan. And so when the Chargers left, I was kind of a little brokenhearted. Um, but hey, um, you kind of move on and uh, you, you find other things to follow. So now I'm just a, a diehard Padres fan. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, let's see. Who is somebody who's inspired you? Um, so uh, aside from being so involved in swap meets, I'm a huge Apple nerd. And so Steve Jobs is definitely one of my icons and models, um, especially because he was such a crazy personality in the sense of that he drove his employees for so much. Um, and that if you aren't if you aren't crazy about something, you need to move on and find something that you love. And so I love swap meets. I love the flea market business. Um, and so I found that there are some kind of some similarities between Steve Jobs and myself where I'm devoted to my family's business. I'm devoted to spreading the word about flea markets and swap meets, whether it's Kobe's or just the general industry. Um, and I think Steve Jobs was amazing on how he was a pioneer, not only in marketing and advertising, but selling and selling his brand of Apple. Um, and kind of telling that story. Yeah, absolutely. Really powerful uh, work that he did. What is a favorite childhood memory that you have? Probably gonna have to jog your memory a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit. <laughs> um, so I would say, uh, kind of going back along the sports lines, um, I had a birthday party at the sports arena, um, which is where the spot meet is, and it was on the ice rink. And so I got to invite my whole class uh, from Francis Parker um, and we had an ice skating party and I thought that was so fun. 
how yeah. many people got to do that? Um, and kind of along the lines of the sports thing, uh, as I was being raised, I had lots of sports themed birthday parties. So anything sports related was kind of a, a, a huge memory for myself. I love it. Um, I want to talk more about the sports arena, but I have a couple more questions for you first. The yeah. one is, do you have a phobia? I would say no. Um, <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not too big on reptiles. And spiders, um, yeah. So that would probably be it. Um, but, but, but other than that, no. Um, I think working at a swap meet, you, you interact with so many different odd things. I, 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 I guess I'll leave it at that. And so it's kind of allowed me to keep, keep an open eyes yeah. uh, on most things. So. I got to ask you then, what is the, like just one of the weirdest things you've come across at work? Um, so probably just different and I think I think it is a sad thing that that is a kind of a, a deep rooted issue with uh, with our city is is the homelessness um, and the people that 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 suffer from mental in, illness and so having to I would say take a very cautious yet careful approach to deal with those individuals and the sports arena Midway District is one of those neighborhoods that that is um, that is so deeply affected by that issue. Um, so I, I would say that that's probably one of the toughest things. I would think a, a weird item, um, probably along the lines of like taxidermy stuff, uh, <laughs> definitely odd um, uh, and kind of, I, I would uh, kind of also along the lines of uh, phobias, whenever people sell mattresses, kind of an odd yeah. thing. So I, I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend buying a used mattress. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay, and final lightning round question because we're talking right after the new year. What what are your new new what are your new year's resolutions? So uh, this year, um, I would I would say, as most people, uh, just staying healthy. Um, number one, spending more time with my family because time does go by so fast. And I think if one lesson is to be learned from COVID is to not take anything for granted um, and to to cherish the time with your loved ones and your family. Um, and so the Swami business are in our family business does take a lot of time from, from us uh, aside from our family time. So I would say spending more time with my, 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 my immediate family. Yeah. Always, always a good one. Um, okay. Well, going back to the sports arena site, I mean, when you spoke about it earlier, you sounded really positive about it, really excited about it. Obviously it's so important. It's an important issue to you. What do you hope to see there? So uh, we are in the midst of the 60-day uh, notice of availability with the city of San Diego, um, and uh, I, I believe there are five current developers that are interested in the property. Um, I would say that Kobe's is fortunate enough to have met with um, four of the five developers, and so I would say we are cautiously optimistic of the future of the sports arena, but we're also very realists at the same time. We do understand that that we do live in a state that has a housing crisis, especially the city of San Diego, and the cost of living is dra so drastic and so expensive. Um, so I would say that we understand that something is going to happen, um, and it is inevitable, but yet it will allow us and our family to evolve the swap meet once again um, and transition the swap meet to another, I would say, form of a swap meet. Um, and so the swap meet that we know it today in the sense of operating on a massive 40 acre parking lot, honestly, will not exist. And, and we, we understand that um, the new plans show very small surface parking lots. Um, and so we will have to transition our business, whether it is into operating into parking garages or into some sort of events plaza. 
um, which will mean that the swap meet will change in size. Um, but yet at the same time, the overall experience of Kobe's, we believe will not change. The, 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 the fun, colorful, and the flavors of Kobe's will continue to exist. We will still operate it as a family business. Um, myself will still be working there on the property. Now, we, will we have to find a, maybe another location for all those garage sellers? Uh, probably, and we are looking at that maybe into a different part of San Diego um, because we, we believe that if you've got 2,000 apartments on the new property, those apartment residents um, probably don't want people selling garage sale used merchandise down on the bottom floor. And so it'll be, probably have to be a little bit higher end of a swap meet, um, more of, a, I would say, like a Rose Bowl antique um, swap meet. Um, a farmer's market um, and add in a food, uh, a food hall um, and maybe some craft brew, uh, craft beer um, vendors as well. So different ways that we can evolve the swap meet essentially. Yeah. I mean, you have a really good attitude about a pretty big, not problem you have to solve, but challenge right up ahead, but it sounds like you have it figured out and yeah, no, I, I think that that's one thing when I when I got involved with our family business. Um, I mean, uh, working alongside my parents every single day, I'm very fortunate to learn from them, um, as well as our general manager and and my uncle who worked for the business for over 30 years. It's it's one thing where you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to evolve. Um, and if you're set in your ways, you're probably going to get passed by and forgotten about, and your business will suffer from it. And so I'm really I'm really big on finding ways to adapt. It might be difficult. It might, there might be challenges along the way, um, but hey, th that, that's part of life. I mean, we, we, all, um, we all have to deal with it and it, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, it seems like you've done it so many times. You guys got this. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited, but, but, we'll, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, another swap meet just now. Like, what are some of your other regional favorites? You know, you're, you're so entrenched in this. You've been to all of them. You know the best ones. Like, where should I go? So, um, there we belong to a national flea market association where there's a hundred active members, and we meet in Las Vegas every year, um, aside from COVID, um, and it allows us to branch out outside of our neighborhood or outside of the Kobe's network. Um, and so I would say some of the greats are your Rose Bowl, which is uh, operated at the Rose Bowl flea market. Um, outside of California, there's a one company called Traders Village, which operates three swap meets in the state of Texas. And they operate swap meets that are the size of the Sportrina property, but the entire property is a swap meet. So you've got 3,000 vendors there, an RV park, uh, fast food um, uh, establishments, wow. and an amusement park. <laughs> so literally it is like a Disney world for swap meets. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'm going to have to no, put yeah, that on yeah, the so, list. So, yeah. So th there's some awesome ones around the swap meet. And then there are, uh, there are also some ones that make Kobe's look giant and they're very small. Um, and they have, they just service their local communities. Um, but, but being a, being a member and a board member of that association, the national flea market association has allowed us, especially me to um, grow into a better flea market operator. So cool. Where does the um, term flea market come from? So um, the actual term, the, how, how we look at it is there's flea markets and there's swap meets. Kind of the flea market term is used for the East Coast. Swap meets is kind of used for the West Coast. And when you kind of cross, I would say, as most people say, the Mississippi, most swap meets turn into that flea market term. And most swap meets west of it, you or flea operations use the swap meet term. Um, 
and some people have kind of used the cross of the two. Um, and some people have started to use the word marketplace, um, which kind of, I, I think, infers a higher end model. Um, but yet at the same time, um, we've always been a swap meet. We've always used that term. We've never gone away from it. In any type of operation that we've ever tried, we always kind of use that swap meet in there. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the, the word flea. So I, I don't really understand that. But at the same time, market, I get that. So yeah. swap, you're, you're interacting, you're swapping goods. So I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I never even really thought about it until now, but it like, it sounds like it could be a little derogatory and then like marketplace yeah. could just mean anything. Right. So I like, exactly, I like swap yeah. meat. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Swap meat. I think swap meat is a, more, a much more calming ground. Um, yeah. You're swapping, you're meeting with people um, or flea. Uh, I don't really, I don't really get it, but I, I know it's very, it's a very popular term used on the East coast. So. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you just about your future plans, you know, your bucket list, anything that you're wanting to do, whether within the family business or just in your own life. Um, so uh, a couple of years ago, I, um, when we started to learn about the, the future of the sports arena, um, I started to branch out and, and look and say to myself, you know what, Anthony, I, God forbid, if something was to happen to Kobe's, I need to kind of explore outside of the swap meet realm. Um, as much as I would love to work in the swapping business forever, it, that might not happen. So I, um, back in 2019, I got an opportunity to start consulting for another flea market business that was based here in, in San Diego. Um, it was a new operation that was going to open at the U.S.-Mexico border where um, the San Diego Tijuana sit in San Ysidro. And so I was hired as a consultant for another um, family real estate office that's based here in San Diego. Um, to help them consult and build a swap meet from ground up. And that was an amazing experience because we literally had to go to the chalkboard and just do everything from marketing to brand colors to building an advertising budget um, and, and creating a business from scratch. And so that was a lot of fun. And that, that position has now evolved into learning a lot about commercial real estate which I have a, a huge passion for. So I would say um, kind of uh, continuing to educate myself in, in, in other aspects aside from the flea market business it would be one of my goals and, and on my bucket list. And then I'm, I'm a huge uh, travel buff. So I love to travel, whether it be inside the United States, kind of during COVID or outside the United States, God, God willing, we, can't, um, we can start to travel a little bit more. Um, so like my family is from Italy um, and my wife's family is from Italy. And so we always love to go to Italy and visit our relatives there. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope we can get out of the country this year for sure. Exactly. Uh, well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. I just wanted to give you, you know, the last platform. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I really, I really appreciate the invitation, Christy. Um, I, I, it was a pleasure. Um, and I would definitely say that for anybody that is interested in Kobe Swap Meet, we're open every Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the parking lot of the Sports Arena, the Pachanga Arena. And you can find us on all social media networks at Kobe Swap Meet. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, sharing your story, sharing the story of Kobe's. I can't wait to get back out there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Christy. Thanks. Thank you again to Anthony Preto for joining me on Name Drop San Diego, and thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. 
everything honestly helps. And if there's anyone you'd like to hear from in the future, anyone you think I should have on the show, uh, please get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at Christy T, that's K-R-I-S-T-Y underscore T-E-A. Uh, you can also find us at Name Drop SD on pretty much all social media sites. Thanks a lot. <laughs>